1: What up guys, this is Lisa Bilyeu and welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory on Women of Impact and today it's a juicy one guys, today it's a juicy one. Me and the hubby are actually talking about surprise surprise, mismatched libidos and it may be another surprise, that he happens to have a more of a higher sex drive than I do. Now, I don't know about you guys, I don't know if that's the situation with you or if it's flipped, but either way, my hubby and I talk no BS on how we actually handle having different libidos, how when maybe he wants sex more than I do, how we actually navigate, how we communicate, how we discuss this without either of us feeling badly because that's the key. How on earth do you take a situation like this where one of you wants way more sex than the other? How do you communicate and how do you use it to make your relationship even stronger instead of allowing that disconnect to actually now have an impact and a disconnect in your relationship? All right, well, if you wanna find out how to actually handle it, let's get into it with today's episode of Relationship Theory.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to another rousing edition of Relationship <laughs> Theory. Today, we are talking about something that I know nothing about, and that is differing sex drives. I wish I was ignorant to this one, but especially in when we first got together and I was in my mid-20s, holy lord, it's so funny how it really does change over time. But yeah, different sex drives. What yes. do we got?
1: We've got a question. Let's dive in. How would you deal with two different sex drives? He wants it multiple times per day. I, sounds familiar. And I'm good <laughs> with twice a week. Sounds familiar. This, this email is from Lisa Villieu. <laughs> this has caused most of the issues in our relationship. Any advice? We're in our early to mid thirties. Well, as you said, we definitely have been down this road mm. in our, when we first met you wanted it all the time, nonstop.
2: If you don't have friction burns, I don't know why you're stopping. that That's sort of the moral of my story. It's like, we still good? We chafing? Where are we at? So yeah, uh, look, I have deep sympathy for both sides of the equation here because this really is, I mean, it's personality somewhat, but it's also just neurochemistry. Like when you're talking especially about a 20 something guy and your testosterone is off the charts it's like that is the result so um, you know to it never to be angry with either side of the equation just doesn't make sense it's to fundamentally misunderstand the biology um, and this is yet another reason why i'm obsessed with the idea of understanding that you're having a biological experience And that hormones, like you can literally, you could inject a woman with testosterone and she would want sex more. Like whether she wanted to want sex more or not, it would be irrelevant. You hit her with testosterone and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, and her sex drive is going to go up. You can deplete a man of testosterone and his sex drive will go down. So neither side is trying to be cruel to the other. It's literally a mismatch of hormones. And so just recognizing that already is huge so it's like okay cool so this isn't that you don't love me it isn't even that you're not sexually attracted to me this is that that
1: either one is right or wrong
2: very very important to realize because i think that's where a lot of the friction comes from is feeling like either side is doing something wrong or doing something to hurt you whatever um and you know, like always, communication is a big part of the the puzzle, and so talking through that um, and figuring out where you guys come out. So now it's a question of what do you do to actually deal with the situation. So you're talking about it. You have to find out, like, is there also a collision of values, right? So there's the surface level thing of, hey, I want sex more than you want sex, and. Everything is okay if they're both communicating. It's like, this is where I'm at. Okay, cool. But what happens when one of you feels like the other should accommodate?
1: Right, yeah. Or one, yeah, you, you're looking for one person to always come over to the other side.
2: right. So there's either judgment, you shouldn't want sex as much, you should want sex more, you love me, right? Yeah. Um, I've agreed to only have sex with you and now you're trying to limit the amount that I can have sex.
1: Shouldn't you want me to want to have sex with you?
2: Right, so that's where the real sort of, um, the need for self-awareness kicks in where you have to understand that you, you don't just have thoughts up here, right, of, I want sex more than you or you want sex more than me. It's the, and that means conversation. That means that, you know, you are not, you're not living up to your end of the bargain. When we got married, I had a subconscious belief that you were going to give me sex as much as I wanted it, or let me go, let me go have sex with somebody else. Like if you're comfortable with two times a week and I want two times a day, I'm more than happy to give you the two times a week and then I'll go for all the other times with somebody else. You cool with that? Right. And so that's where when you have this just wildly divergent value set, if you don't get down to that conversation and really talk about it, uh, then it will fester and it becomes a problem and it becomes resentment. Resentment becomes contempt and contempt is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse that predicts divorce with a 95 percent accuracy rate.
1: All right. So I agree with you. So discussing it, communicating Um, I was literally, as you were talking, trying to think back to how we handled it. Um, I think a big part of it was um, there's a part of it that you want to be sexually satisfied. I have zero problems with you going and watching porn. Zero problems. So then it becomes cool um, if I want it twice and you want it twice a day. How much of that is porn? I want to make sure that you're satisfied. Like, for me, I know that I'm a little old school in this. I want to freaking satisfy you. Like, I absolutely. But I don't want to satisfy you. You to the feel point.
2: you have to caveat that?
1: Yeah, sadly, I really do. I really do, babe. So it's,
2: interesting. It's
1: heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, but I think I do. Because I'm not even, people that want to backlash can backlash me. Sadly, I do, but I'm going to still say it in a way. I think it's super freaking I want to sexually satisfy you. But now I go, for me, forget about even you, right? forget about how much am I willing to come over to, the th- like if I want it twice a week, and um, does four times a week feel good because I really want to satisfy you? So now I'm not really doing it for you, I am doing it subconsciously for myself too. Not even subconsciously, I am doing it for myself too. Um, and then where does it spill over when now I just feel like I'm a bit of a rag doll, right? And it's like, I don't want to feel like a rag doll. So I just go, oh, where is that line? And then we sit down and we discuss, I can't remember, so if you can jump in. The thing I do remember very specifically were vacations. Because we're always open about communication when we go on vacation, it's like, what are the selfish things you wanna do on this vacation? Mm. Don't think about me, what are the things you wanna do? And of course for you, it was like, oh, sex, 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 and hey, did I say sex and sex? Um, and you're very honest, and I'm like, cool, it's your vacation, that's something that you really want, now what do I want? And then I list off all the things I want. I want a sunbathe and I want sex. I want a cuddle and I want some sex. I want some good food and I want some. Th- right? And so now it's like, cool, how do we put everything together and how do we both get what we want? And that's the thing. We're always looking to compromise. It's never a no, 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 you have to come over here. And if not, then this or this will happen. And vice versa. It's okay, you want it twice a day. How do I come over to your side? How do we compromise? Um, But it's not a either you give it to me twice a day or I'm going to look somewhere else because that just that wouldn't fly with me. Um, So, yeah,
2: man, this is a really interesting topic. You brought up something that um, I find utterly fascinating. So this idea of, you know, called me old fashioned, but I want to sexually satisfy you. I will say, if you're in a committed, loving relationship and you're not thinking about what your partner wants, that is, that is a, a horseman of the apocalypse. Like That is so wildly problematic. Now, that does not mean that just because your partner wants something, that you give it to them. But right. to not consider what your partner wants, so first of all, let's, let's back in, get to my base assumptions, right? Otherwise, people will not understand my stance. So base assumption number one, the neurochemistry of orgasm is as close to um, the neurochemical cocktail that breaks depression as anything they've been able to find. So when they look at all the studies of like, okay, if um, SSRIs are, you know, whatever, 3% effective, it's literally criminal how low their efficacy rate is. And there are placebos that outperform SSRIs. Now, SSRIs, if it helps you, oh, my God, thank God they exist. Zero beef with them whatsoever. But when they look at the neurochemical cocktail that they're really like, if we could just get people, it's the neurochemistry of right after an orgasm. And nature has given us this thing that just dumps these bonding chemicals into the brain from orgasm. So you have an animal that isn't monogamous or Polygynous by nature, we are able to go back and forth. So the size of the testicles on the male tell you how um, much monogamy is a part of that animal. And we are right in the middle. There are some that like you can barely understand how they walk because their testicles are so large because they have to produce so much semen because they are having sex with everything that moves. And then you have ones that are like peanuts because they have total control, they mate with, you know, they may have exclusive access. So you, if you look at like a silverback gorilla, tiny testicles because they come in, they fuck up all the other males, they're like, it's only me, there's no sperm competition. Mm. Okay, it's, it is fat, you're having a biological experience. It is so fascinating. Now, human males, right in the middle, which means, hey, we can adopt to monogamy or we can um, be polygynous. So it is, we can sort of go back and forth, which is exactly the sort of weird problem that we live in, which is, eh, I'm not really pushed in either direction. I have, I love bonding and I get all of that, but hey, new females is also exciting. And so we're in this sort of weird land. And beginning to understand, okay, base assumption number one is that neurochemical cocktail of sex is incredibly potent. So one of the things that marriage counselors will often ask at the very beginning is how often are you having sex? Mm. Not how often do you feel like having sex? (laughs) How often are you actually having sex? Because the neurochemistry will bond you. Then it's like, where's the sort of satisfaction level, right? Because just like, I had always said to you in our marriage, I never, ever want to have sex if you're doing it for me. If you recognize, hey, for the marriage, for the neurochemistry, I'm going to go through the process of getting into an excited state, right? So there are things that work for you where we have to sort of warm you up and rev you up and get you to the point where you're actually now in the mood. So it's like, okay, well, let's do those things, right? And so that became part of the compromise of... I don't wanna do it if we can't get you interested in the idea.
1: And just for clarity, we're not even just, we're not talking about actual foreplay, we're actually talking about, I want to go for dinner with you, I want to switch off our phones and just talk, I wanna cuddle, like all of that is the rev up for me.
2: Yes, which isn't just a rev up for you. Obviously talking now at a stereotype level, there's gonna be differences, but stereotypes become stereotypes because there's enough meat there. Um, That's true for a lot of women. So um, of course, Sting made a comment one time that sex lasted for eight hours and people thought he literally meant that he had sex for eight hours. And he was like, that's not what I was saying. What I was saying is that for the woman, she needs to feel that deep sense of connection, that they're engaged with each other and that the foreplay could be going to the store and shopping, but I'm paying attention to her and I wanna know what she wants and I'm fully engaged and present. And that that's a big part of the lead-in for her to feel receptive, and like just recognizing that to me is so important. And it's like you you cannot bring two people together. And I have often wondered if this would be easier in um, gay couples. If there is if that would actually be easier. I haven't looked at the literature what to know. Amazing. Would it be easier for me to be with another man who is more likely, from just a neurochemical standpoint, from a hormonal standpoint, to have a, a more similar sex drive oh, and yeah. to view sex the way that I view sex, right? Which right. is I want to go from zero to punchline immediately. we have
1: to make that movie, babe.
2: Which, uh, you're talking about <laughs> well,
1: yeah.
0: the,
2: okay, you're not, you're being coy about it?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, it is utterly fascinating to me that you're taking, at least in a, a heterosexual couple. And hetero means different. So you're taking these things that are different and you're bringing them together to cohabitate, to live their lives, to, to for you to be the sole sexual outlet that I have, barring solo time, and trying to make it work.
1: That's another thing. So. I don't know if this is derailing the conversation or not derailing the conversation, but I remember when I was younger, growing up and hearing other people, and you know, in my um, late teens, early 20s, where so many people were against their partners looking at porn, and it meant that they didn't find them attractive, and I, I, I was always confused about that, because I was like, but for me, again, just for me, if I'm with my partner, and he wants more sexual pleasure than I really want to give, why do I have a problem with them going off and looking at porn? Like, to me, it's like, okay, I wouldn't want, if I have a need, and let's say I'm trying to think of a very quick need that you can't fulfill, but if I have a need that you can't fulfill, but you're like, oh, hey, but go over here, and you can get it over here, with no damage to our marriage, to our relationship, I encourage that, so me and you were very open about Basically, when you're watching porn, it's like, okay, have fun, babe, you know, and it's funny, like, I get, I'm, I'm getting a little embarrassed in saying that out loud, I don't know why, but it's true, like, so many people, I don't know if they have, say, have that open communication, but that was huge, because now there's no, like, the idea for me breaks my heart of someone having to sneak off and do that in private, where you have a need you feel, but you don't want to tell your partner because maybe they're going to take it as, you know, a, a dent on them. Or, like, maybe you're going to in, trigger their insecurities. So you have to do it in secret. And now, you know, me and you talk about just secrets. We have zero secrets. Even to the point where sometimes it was like, I said to you, yeah, close the door. And then realized the next day, like, oh, shit, I lied to him that like, I didn't actually close the door. i to like, come and tell you, like, babe, you know, yesterday I said to close the door. I'm so sorry I actually didn't. Um, I don't even know why I said I did. Like, things like that because it just... Like, we want to always have so much tr- openness mm. and transparency so that when something happens, I'm like, oh, well, he's already proven over 20 years he's going to be honest with me, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt over right. here. But, like, with that sort of thing, it's not just the porn itself, right? It's the hiding. It's the once you have to hide something, now you start to feel like it's taboo and that it's bad. And, like, I never wanted you to feel like looking at porn was going to be a bad thing. It's like if you're having fun, go for it. Um And that has now opened the communication between me and you. It hasn't built up a wall. It hasn't given us this um, thing between us that um, maybe one, you know, that could be seen as bad versus good. Right. What up, guys? Now I'm going to share something with you. I can sometimes have a tendency to overthink, question myself, and sometimes or maybe very often doubt the decisions I've made. And so my mind just starts spiraling round and around. Does that sound familiar? Well, let's face it. When it comes to hiring people on your team, the pressure to make the right choice, the right hire and the right person is even bigger. The stakes are so freaking high. So you need to actually make sure that you have the right tools to help you find the right people so that your team can actually have clarity and work with utter confidence. And that's why, honestly, you've got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, let me repeat that, a billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. And their simple tools make it so easy for you to filter candidates that actually have the skills and experience you are looking for, which saves you time. It's the one thing you're never going to get back is time. So hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 20. 24 hours. It's exactly why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So guys, go check them out. LinkedIn jobs can actually help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So go and post your job for absolutely free guys at linkedin.com slash Lisa. Once again, guys, that's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply.
2: Yeah, I think that's super important is finding, there's a lot of judgment around, um, and this is like floating in the this sort of cultural sphere, but a lot of judgment around, oh, you know, he wants it all the time and he's just a dog or whatever. And so that does like, I don't know, that doesn't feel good. Um, and then women getting pressured by a guy to have sex when they don't want is also super shitty. And so being able to the the thing that we settled on I can't believe we haven't said this yet the thing that we settled on is I'm never going to be afraid to ask for sex and you should never be afraid to say no and that was where we came to don't make me feel bad for wanting it and I, I will won't. ever and I will never make you feel bad for not wanting it and so that has been a great dance and I don't understand people though that have a judgment where it's like, let's say that you want sex at a time where I am not in the mood, which, believe it or not, has actually happened. And in those times, I'm like, yo, if you want to, 100%, like I'm down for it. Um, it's not where my head is at right now for whatever reason, but like I'm totally game. That doesn't feel weird to me. It's like I, I trust you implicitly, so I don't feel there's no sense of danger to you know, putting myself in a sexual situation, even though like my head isn't necessarily there and it'll take me a minute to rev up. But like, you know, I want to be there for you. And the deep sense of comfort and trust that we have over 20 years, it's like, you know, it's um, you shouldn't have sex if you can't talk about it. And so it's like to not be able to, to say like I'm I'm so in this and you've earned my trust and I love being with you. And I understand the, um, the way that the hormonal cascade works enough that, hey, unless something really rough is going on, in which case I would say, look, I'm way too stressed or something sad, like I can't imagine being sad and trying to have sex, um, but it's like, it, if you touch it enough, I'll be ready. <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's like there there are ways to make this get oh, going.
1: Women, or well, at least me, I'm not that easy. No, of um, course, radically, <laughs>
2: radically different. No, things, but, but
1: it's it's good to know though those things, right? Because it's like I know, and then in that moment I'm like, okay, bless him. I know that I can get him there. But if he does, if he's tired, it's like, you know, so then we can talk about it and then address it.
2: I just don't think people should feel weird bringing it up and I don't think people should feel weird saying yes when it's yes to I love this person and just want to see them smile and it's not yes like I'm super in the mood right now and I don't think people should feel bad when the answer is no and I'm just not there. And right, like, like they take
1: it a dent on you, like yeah. I they no longer attracted to me.
2: Yeah, like...
1: And that was actually one thing. Do you remember fairly recently, I can't remember what happened. It might have been my Valentine. I can't remember. But um, I said to you actually, I was like, because you, I think I went to make a move, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm actually not in the mood right now. And I was like, oh, I just want to make sure that you feel, sat- you know, sexually satisfied because our sex has changed over the last few years. And I remember you just looked at me you're like, I'm no longer that 24-year-old, 20, you know, guy that you met. And in that moment, I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. But that's why we still keep talking about it because if I hadn't have said anything to you, if I didn't ask, if I don't, if we don't constantly ask, constantly check in... If I was insecure, I may have thought it was about me, right? Like, if you're watching, still watching porn, but you want less sex with me, oh, am I less attractive? Do you not like me now? Where like, I could, for sure, the freaking Lisa's negative voice will keep going.
2: I will say, though, that would be concerning in a relationship for me. If the person is watching porn and saying no to sex with a spouse, it doesn't, I, I would just say, if your goal is to have a long and healthy marriage, you want to change that ratio. Like,
1: I was saying, let's say 90% of the time before was sex and 10% was porn, and mm-hmm. now you've just reduced how much sex you want to have, so now it's gone down to 60-40. I wouldn't think of that as being, like imagine the whole pie has shrunk.
2: It's interesting, that's a danger sign for me. Mm-hmm. I would say that if 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 the ratio, like if you want to achieve orgasm four times a week, I'm making these numbers up, and your partner wants to achieve orgasm two times a week, mm-hmm. then the two times, you want to make sure that you're doing those together. Correct. Like the porn should only be the surplus, in my opinion. So that would be i would say in a relationship you want to be real careful that porn doesn't become the the priority and then the surplus goes that to your spouse that wasn't what
1: i was saying but i think i hear why you thought that um, i was just like so for instance let's say <laughs> this is getting really weird but let's say you want to orgasm four times yeah and lisa's only available two times a week yep right but like there are days where just, i'm tired and it goes down to one week. Yep. Okay, but you still want four.
2: Do you still want two?
1: No, I've gone down to one. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So now you watch more porn. Yep. But we have sex less. Yep. But it's but been that's communi- because
2: one of the people desires less. Because we've, less. Been, because we've communi- yeah, I just want to yes. be clear about that. So we've
1: communicated the changes, and then we adjust accordingly. Word. So never comparing where we are now to when we first met, making sure that we're talking about it so that neither of us feel insecure if something has changed Mm. and that we are communicating so we know it's not about the other person maybe it's me that's changing and then also I do think about the fact that making sure that you're talking about the change over time about your sex drives so that when things change you don't think it's about you um because I yeah I would have thought hang on a minute he wanted it you know four times a day before, now he barely asks me, is he just not attracted to me? And you said earlier, the comment for me. So was-
2: even though you don't want it, the fact that I'm not coming oh, to you,
1: yeah.
2: That's what you were trying to get yeah. at? Yeah. Interesting. All right, that's some weird shit. So you're saying, even though I, this is so interesting, <laughs> even though he wanted it two times a day and I only wanted it two times a week, the fact that now he—by the way, I
1: didn't—I think I wanted it more than two times. You did. The You're bit. the one that said the numbers, <laughs> not know, I'm me, going homie. I don't this woman's numbers. Um,
2: so, even though just sticking with those numbers because yeah. we've been using them the whole time. So even though he wanted it twice a day, and I only wanted it twice a week, and now I only want it once a week, and he's you know down to four times a week. That there's actually something that I don't like about the fact that he's not asking for it more it's not even
1: that I don't like it it's uh just that oh hang on this is something that's changed so can I I put a phrase to it yeah
2: that it made you feel desired and even though you didn't want to have sex you like being desired
1: yeah perfect that's exactly it
2: that is very transparent very powerful what a gift for people to understand that kind of thing about and this this to me is a human experience it's like I don't want to have sex, but I want you to want me. It's weird, but if it's real... It's so
1: funny, you're right. It, like, as you said, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> but I actually said those words to you. Yeah. I
2: um... actually totally get that. You probably have said things like that to me. And that feels so in keeping with the human condition. And this is why I think people struggle with sex, with all kinds of other things. People want contradictory things that, even though they don't want to have sex, they do want to be asked. It's like, I don't... 99 times out of 100, if somebody invites me to go do something, I don't want to do it. But I still want to be invited. So it's ridiculous. (laughs) Why? Why do I want to be invited? It actually creates like an awkwardness. But if no one ever invited me, even though I don't want to go out, it would suck. It's so... Humans are weird. Yes. They're weird. And so that's a really keen insight that could lead people to be very surprised and frustrated that... Wait, you only want it once a week, but you're upset, not the right word, but it's making me feel like I've done something wrong, that I'm not asking for more. It's not that it's utterly making fascinating. me
1: feel something wrong, it's like you said, No, it's, you it's, would make me feel to... like oh, right. something
2: was wrong. Right. That I've done something wrong. Oh, even though right. that's not your intention. Oh,
1: you're right. So it gets into that's this weird like knock on
2: knock-on effect of like, no, no, that's not what you're trying to say, but that's how I'm taking it. But your thing is actually weird and contradictory. That's
1: contradict- so true, yes. I would be like, oh, well, you don't want it. And you're like, oh, well, should, like, should, should I be right. asking? Like, I'm, I'm, what am I doing wrong? So true, babe.
2: And that's how arguments begin.
1: <laughs> yeah. Really? But that's actually 100% why I asked you. Because I think part of me was like, I wanted to check in to make sure it was your sex drive that was changing.
0: Mm. And, and not your attractiveness. And not my...
1: Yes, making sure that I'm. And when we say attractive, I, I personally don't think just physicality, it's our connection. Like, am I. No, oh, hmm. you don't agree.
2: No, I think that's very interesting. That isn't what I would have said because remember, guys don't need to feel connected to have sex. Guys need to have sex to feel loved. Women need to feel loved to have sex. And once people understand that, so many of the problems go away. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy connection, but I promise you. Connection is not required for an erection or orgasm, right. so it just makes it better. And I think that's very confusing to a lot of women. Mm-hmm. All right, we tapping out on that one. I mean, we that keep got going, interesting that for me. That was fucking interesting. Yeah. That that is that was some shit right there. Did we answered the
1: woman's question?
2: I think we did. I mean, we gave all the tools that we use, and just to recap, the most profound tool that we lean on the most is I'm never going to feel bad asking for sex and you should never, ever feel bad for saying no. And as long as you never make me feel guilty for asking, I'm certainly not going to make you feel guilty for saying no. And that way you never, because what would end up happening is you'd miss an opportunity where you were sort of unexpectedly interested but didn't want to have to make the move. And I was worried that maybe you wouldn't be and so I just didn't. And so now we're both frustrated. So I thought, that's dumb. I'm just going to always ask. And, but it's, in in proposing sex, it's always, even after 20 years together, there's always a little bit of like, oh, I might get rejected. And so it can be very easy to, in the early days of the relationship, get into a pattern of being overly afraid of being rejected. And so that just becomes your pattern of, well, I never ask unless it's obvious. And since I want it more than she does, you basically have to make the move all the time, right? And so that's just a, a bad dynamic to be mm-hmm. in. So anyway... That was where we settled on it. Which I
1: love. And then one more thing actually to add is we do this now so automatically because we've been together for so long. But I think that it could be useful for people to sit down and say, all right, you know what we should do just to always make sure we're on the same page. Every three months we'll sit down and we should go over. Like, I want to know where you are. Are you satisfied? How are you feeling? And maybe, and I wouldn't even just do that about sex. I would probably do it like about multiple things in the relationship.
2: This sounds horrifying.
1: Um, but think about it. We do do it. We just don't put it in the schedule or the book, but we do. And here's the thing. I think it's hard when couples are first starting out and they haven't been together as long as we have made mm. to bring these subjects up. How like, do this, we
2: actually do it, though?
1: I mean, usually it's sadly stems from a fight and then we end up figuring things out. And That's interesting. That's true. Tra- strategy. And then Not where I was going. Strategy, and then we ref- uh, refine the strategy.
2: So I would say... Four or five times a year, we will do something very fun. I'm so curious to see if you've ever, like, put it in your head that this is, like, one of those times where we have used this to such good impact. So um, when we go on vacation, uh, take it away.
1: But that's what I'm saying. It's basically in a Yeah, but you about, made
2: it sound like a business thing that we do quarterly and that we're going to, and now we're going to go through all the things no, that no, we've struggled was, with but, over the last three months. So so that's why I said it sounded horrible to me.
1: Sure. Okay, so you do it in a fun way. We have a book of questions. We ask each other certain questions. One of my personal favorites is what did I used to do for you that I don't do for you anymore that you wish I did. That allows me to... And we
2: get like this totally rad vibe. It's so much fun. Oh, like
1: we, we sit there, we have alcohol, we have yummy yes. food. It's like a whole event.
2: Yes, and by the way, we rank questions based on their level of danger. Yes. So, what are questions that'll just be fun? We stop. And then, yeah, and then questions get like these ones could end in an argument. So, be very careful
1: (laughs) bringing these up. Make sure you're in a good
2: place, that everybody's guard is down. But that, I still think there's something for us to do there. That's
1: what I mean. Yes, I do too. But we've got. We've got a strategy, like, oh, now we go on, obviously we don't, since we've been in COVID, but we have a strategy, we don't feel bad, we know, we both know, we both sit down, we both do it. I'm saying if you haven't gotten there yet, find a fun way, you're right, you don't want to work, but but maybe do it as a date thing. Like, all right, we're going to order our favourite food, mm. we're going to sit down, I've, got, I've got some surprise questions yes, for you, you've got yes, some surprise yes. questions for me we should have a um, exit strategy in case one something starts getting dangerous so whether it's like a little flag I've got a little coin that says love on it which means that you give it to the other one in those moments of danger but having a strategy like that where you know you're going to be sitting with them every three months every six months whatever so that it doesn't end up Five years down the line and you haven't had that conversation because it's too uncomfortable. That shit happens, babe. So making sure you have these pillars ahead of time. So there's no surprise. And not waiting for a problem to arise. But doing it hopefully before the problem does.
2: Word. All right, guys. You heard it here first. That's how you deal with the mismatched sex drives. And it is like anything with enough conversation, you can get to the other side, but you got to communicate, got to have the self-awareness, got to go through things one by one. Uh, And speaking of things you should go through one by one, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and watch all of these videos. We think that there's some real gold in there that you can use to go and build a legendary relationship. (laughs) Until next time, my friends, peace out.
1: Working to be confident and freaking badass can be very difficult. Now, I get it, guys. I get it. Kicking ass and taking names takes energy. But when it comes to micronutrients, you're like, wait, how much vitamin B do I need? It can be a daily freaking struggle to figure out and meet that perfect nutrition balance that you need to feel strong, focused and energize, which of course are all the things you need to become a freaking confident badass. So it's time to arm your body with every nutrient it absolutely deserves with AG1. Now, if you're a long-time listener, you might know that I've actually been supporting AG1 for many years now. And that's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So if you want to take ownership of your life, that actually means you have to take ownership over your health. And it all starts, guys, with AG1. So, guys, go and try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go now to drinkag1.com Lisa. That's drinkag1.com Lisa. Go check it out. What up, my homie? First, I just want to actually thank you. Like, from the bottom of my heart, sincerely, absolutely thank you for your support, your support for me, your support for the show, Women of Impact. Like, you have no actual idea how much this really means to me when I had that original vision of what I wanted to do. And no one was listening. So thank you. Thank you for being here and actually supporting other women along this journey. And I'm going to be honest, if you actually want to level up your confidence game, my homie, then check out Women of Impact's subscription channel. It's specifically designed to help you in every aspect that you're looking for. Now, here's what you get. You get new episode delivered ad-free. You get exclusive access to listen to Women of Impact roundtable discussions, weekly motivation, previously unreleased episodes, and that's just the beginning. Subscriber only access to an additional four podcasts with hundreds of archived Women of Impact episodes meticulously, meticulously curated into theme playlists and updated weekly so that you get the dose that you need. So if you're looking to boost your confidence, then go and check out the Get Confidence playlist. If you want to repair, heal or start a relationship, then go check out Love Lab. And if you're wondering how you get your health back on track so that you can keep showing up to have the confidence that you're looking for, then go check out Health Hub. And of course, this wouldn't be complete without my weekly boost of mini motivations from moi. That's right. It'll have you strutting down the street with your head held high, feeling like a freaking badass. And guess what the playlist is called? The badass boost, of course. So guys, don't settle for mediocrity when you can absolutely be extraordinary. So guys, subscribe to Women of Impact channel today on Apple Podcasts or Supercast. But no matter where you're listening, guys, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or any other platform, make sure you're following so you don't miss out on other episodes. And don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on this episode, our incredible sponsors, and upcoming events.